G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Wednesday night, July 12th, 2023. And I'm back. After a well-earned break, um, look, I'm incredibly surprised the show didn't fall apart without me, to be honest there, Holmesy, but you did an all right job and um, back in the guest chair tonight, but uh, welcome aboard to you there, Holmesy. How are you? Yeah, good, mate, and uh, yeah, it is good to have you back. Uh, as, as fun as it is hosting, it's it's not as good to have to put the show together, so thanks, Doss. Please don't go anywhere and uh, make sure you host for the rest of the year. Yeah, well, the rest of the year, seven weeks to go. And I was looking at it. We've got through 18 weeks, 18 long weeks into the season, plus those months and months of research in the preseason. But one man in this chat, i got to say, gets all bright and sparky at this time of year. Somehow, Louis, you are plugging along at the moment. And uh, how's the energy this high at this time of year? Oh, I wouldn't say it's that high, mate. I'm just- It's high. I'm just it's enjoying high. it as we're starting to put together a completed side. It feels nice putting in blokes that are, you know, 850K and upwards instead of messing around with these 550K guys that we tend to do during the middle of the season. So, exciting Speak yourself, times. mate. I love me a 500K player this time of year. It's working for you too. <laughs> or even four, or even four hundred k. But we'll talk about him a little bit later, Jackie Bose, uh, and our final esteemed member of the Pod Pod. He doesn't miss a show. There was word that he was going to miss this week, but no. With the later recording time, the great John Harmy back on deck again. The two-time top ten finisher. He's used to this time of the year, right up the pointy end. Not so much this year. The Pod Pod has brought him down a little bit. But uh, how are you, Harmy? Yeah, I'm going well, thanks, Buzz. Um, I think last season I was sitting around mid-300s this time of year, so I look a little bit um, disappointing to be out, out around the 4,000 mark, but um, I might just throw a few flyers and get some tips off you, Dossie, about who to bring in and uh, see how we go for the rest of the season. Well, don't you worry about that. Tonight on the show, we are going to be covering a bunch of juicy picks. We've thrown the questions out to the listeners to... Ask about what sort of points of difference they want from the run home. We have talked about it the last couple of weeks that going that different pick on the way home could just be the difference between you getting in that top 100, maybe getting the lux and, and getting yourself a cap or even just uh, getting yourself the wooden spoon like uh, Dossie will be aiming for in the next couple of weeks. But look, we've got you covered this this week. We're going to look at those pods a bit later on. But first, let's recap the round that was. And Holmesy, I want to hear about your, your score and your rank just from the round just gone. Yeah, absolutely. No good for me, Dossie Boy. This will be nice and quick. 22-73, a few bullets, few shitty scores, and uh, drop back to about 7,500. So, no good, but uh, we move on. All right. Well, in that case, uh, Louis, how many hundred did you pump into Holmesy this week? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A couple, mate. I scored the 25-03, which brought me into about 2,400 in rank, which- um, Wow. Yeah, I think that's about nearly a thousand spots this week, just shy of. So it was a good week for me. That is a big week. How about you, Harmy? How many hundred? Oh, look, I had a good week actually, Buzz. Um, put up a score of two six two three Ooh. for the round. So pretty impressive. 
I'm looking forward to hearing your locks for the week. No, Dossie, that wasn't really my score. That was a bloody overall number one for the round. And he's actually a mate of mine from Tassie, from Northeast Tassie, um, Crab Man. And geez, that's some prep. That's a super score, isn't it? Um, but well done to him. Well done to the Crab Man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, played a bit of footy with Crab. He's a good guy. Good on you, Crab. Well, what was your score? Oh, yeah. Oh, my real score. Uh, not as impressive. Uh, two, three, three, three. So I lost a few spots. Went down to um, four, one, eight, three overall, which was a shame, but I had a few reasons for that. A um, bit like bit like Louis. We copped the uh, Jake Lloyd bullet, unfortunately. You sure you're not lying there again? So you said the crab man was your first score. It looks like you've given the goat man score there because I also scored two, three, three, three there, Harmy, and um, pumped in a 60. 60 pointer into Holmesy there. So nice little, not quite the hunch, but uh, look, we'll imp- <laughs> look to improve that in the coming weeks. Let's get on to our Lux for the You know the Lux is mine from the start. Holmesy, take it away. Yeah, it was a tough week on the track for you, but you surely got some positives in there still. Yeah, I'll take the low-hanging fruit. Everyone's got him, but once again, Rowan Marshall. Uh, this is more for draft purposes. I needed a big score from him to get me home in draft, and I just got there. So Rowan Marshall's 140-odd against Max and Grundy was a was a great, great score. Oh, it's hurting not having him. He's, he's one of the ones that got away for me this year. It's, it's a tough watch and uh, must be one of the only coaches on the planet without him at the moment. But uh, Louis, what about you? Your lucks for the week. Uh, I've got to give it to Zach Merritt. I don't think I've given it to him all year. Uh, scored the 150 and that's his third of the year. So for a player who started as a pretty much uber premium and super unique uh, to come down to whatever he was, I think he was just shy of 900k. He's been a great target, great pickup and um, it seems to happen every single year, doesn't it? Zach Merritt comes in uh, expensive, gets a tagged game or an injury, gets cheap, comes back and, and just goes bang. You can almost rely on him every year to do it. He's not getting affected by the tags this year either, Lou. Like normally he gets tagged and he can he really gets tagged to a low score, but he just keeps getting it done. They goes forward, kicks goals. It's he just really seems to be relishing under Brad Scott. Yeah, well, I Australian think every captain, team's just agreed not to tag the most damaging players this year. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, interestingly enough, I remember some talk in the preseason about how you know, the captaincy may weigh on a couple of players. And I reckon two of the guys who took the reins, Jordan Dawson and Zach Merritt, been two of the most critical picks this year in the premium department. So perhaps shedding the uh, some of that captain down. What is it? Um, doubt, I'd say. Harmy, Lux for the week. Lux for the week for my team, Dosby. Jack Steele. I, trained him, I only trained him in a couple of weeks ago and he started off a little bit slow, but... Um, I was questioning whether I'd done the right thing, but that 146, geez, that um, has proven the theory right uh, around a discounted premium. So I was super impressed to see that one. Um, I was out on Saturday and I saw the scores ticking over. But yeah, between him and Rowan Marshall, that was a, a, a thumping Saturday night. Who were you deciding between last week, Harmy? It was stealing somebody else, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, as the, as the sucks for the week, you mean? Um, no, you're trading oh, target. I him. Uh, I traded him in a couple of weeks ago, Steele. Um, was it Walsh or something? Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, Walsh. I did ask Steele or Walsh. It was two weeks ago. It wasn't last week. It was the one before. And, uh, yeah, geez, oh, I'm glad I went Steele now. I mean, Walsh is 
sort of played okay, but his scoring's not really reflecting how he's going on the field, is it? Mm, yeah, he's a solid 90 guy at the moment. Yep, and uh, thanks for asking, guys. Uh, my Lux for the week is LDU. I brought him in last week. I think if I was on the show last week, he might have been my sucks. It was an embarrassing trade-in when he got the 65. I think you might have brought it up on the show actually last week, Harmy, trying to pay me out while I was off the mic. But um, I would never look, do that. I wouldn't do that. LDU bounced back with 122, and uh, I think given some of the targets we'll be talking about on the show today, he's going to remain a unique because I don't think too many people are going to be, look, targeting him when they have the big dogs out there. And I think, you know, given his run coming up, and if you want to just listen to it now, Hawthorne, Saints, West Coast, Melbourne, Essendon, Richmond, Gold Coast to finish the year. Um, I think he could end up being a nice little unique for a player that needs a bit of luck this season, Army. Who's he play for again, though, Doss? Yeah, righto. Yeah, what, okay. are, what are his first six rounds next year, Doss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to be looking at. All right, time to get a bit negative here and our sucks. Yeah, look, I've got a few lower players, but I'm just going to give it to one. Tim English. Now, we got a 94. I get it. It's it's fine. But for me to watch him put absolute monsters on my head all year and then to trade him from Briggs, who Briggs then puts on one point above him as he limps to 94, that was just not a good way to start the round. And, yeah, it's he's going to come good, but that was just not a not a good thing to watch. Brutal. The Holmesy curse strikes again. Um, unfortunate to see. Louis. It was your sucks. Yeah, I've got to give it to Toby Nankovis. Uh, I was feeling pretty flat about Jake Lloyd uh, trading him in a couple of weeks ago. Hasn't really paid dividends and then sort of looking at quarter time last week, the week just gone, and he's on 38 at the quarter. And then I get a few messages coming through that Jackie Lloyd's been subbed, he's concussed. That's uh, a real flattener. And uh, it's probably compounded by the fact just, and I shouldn't do the maths here, but had Jack Lloyd scored an extra 70 points, which he looked like he was on cue to do, and had I gone the original captain, uh, which we might mention later, Holmesy, I, I would have actually um, beaten your mate in Tassie there, uh, Army. You would have beaten Crabman. Would have beaten him. Uh, yeah, but Louis, if I had have picked different players at the start of round one, I would have beaten you this <laughs> week. So, <laughs> oh no, it hasn't been many successes this year. So you have to get ones in there. If I'd started twenty three Nick Dacoses, I'd be winning the competition right now. <laughs> Army, who's your sucks? Oh. Who sucks? Oh, geez, there's a few. Um, well, competition Holmesy. is right, as usual. No, not you. Oh, look, I think I'll give it to um, you the, goat, the worst times, Braden, Fri- Braden Fiorini. No, that's illegal on the show. Have to pick someone up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dossie, look, look, he scored um, last week. He scored a hundred, about around hundred, and I had him on the bench um, because I'd looped uh, a score on. So I thought, stuff it. You know, a show of faith is this is his time to prove his worth. Sixty-five. So. I don't know. How much can we blame Stewie Jew for that one? Um, and how much of it was leading to Stewie Jew's um, downfall? I'm not too sure, but things I'd have got to change was, for the GOAT. Yep. Look, I'd say it was entirely the reason. Look, we know Harmy's influence, 
that he has and, and he saw Fiorini only get the two centre bounces after dominating the week before and getting in the win and, and Took Miller didn't even impact the centre bounces that much at all. It was, uh, you know, the beloved combo of David Swallow, Bailey Humphrey, these guys going in there and getting those uh, centre bounce attendances. So we will talk about Stewie Jews sacking in a little bit. Um, yes, the great man has finally been shown the door. So... Something to talk about in our hot topics, no doubt. But before we get there, my sucks for the week. Um, maybe just, I don't know who to go here. I can't go a rookie. Sheasel's done too well for the year. He got the 52. That's not really good enough, though. But um, look, I'll go with uh, Kadeen Coleman. <laughs> Get me no. I'll go with Darcy Cameron. He's been disappointing the last couple of weeks. You expected him to really come out firing. I think there was a couple on this show that were pretty skeptical as of him as an option. I think you know Harmy and Louis both were kind of on the fence about Darcy Cameron, and, and you've got to yeah tip your cap to you guys sort of being a bit skeptical there. I, I definitely jumped on cheap enough for him not to um, be a worry for me, but yeah, seventy seven not good enough, and on the chopping block this week. Speaking of hot topics, let's get straight into it in a second. But first, we need a recap. Our content creators cup, Harmy. Yes, thank you, Doss. Um, look, not a bad, not a bad week for the uh, Pod Pod crew on the content creators cup, um, supported by Infinite Wealth. Warney, honorary Pod Pod, uh, got a win over Jake from um, Hat Chat. Louis with his big score, as he's uh, so proudly um, put forward, uh, got the win over Calvinator. Um, let's have a look. The captain of the commentary team, Dossie, 2333, got the win over Jeppa. Um, Holmesy, we, we'll just gloss over that one, a narrow loss, and also stayed over a narrow loss, but really setting us up well for the penultimate round coming into finals qualification. And I feel like there's a real um, sense of rivalry, a touch of animosity in the air tonight, Doss. Uh, Holmesy? So, Dossie, you're willing to put your, your money where your mouth is, mate? Dossie versus Holmesy this week in the Content Creators Cup. Are you willing to go double or nothing on a carton of ton minis? <laughs> I am. I am willing to go <laughs> to go for round two. Um, look, I just really, really want those ton ton middies myself, and uh, they are that delicious sweet nectar. And I'd love to make you go to the bottle and have to pick those out. So um, <laughs> I'm absolutely down for it. I saw the match up. My eyes lit up because I reckon that's going to get me my road back into finals contention. So to lay the lay the scene, I think what. Well, I'm like one win out of finals. Like there's all these teams are on seven wins, eight losses or something. And um, yeah, it, look, it's a real fight tooth and nail for for these final positions. So the Holmesy Dossy showdown is on again and we're going double or nothing. Let's do it. Um, moving on though, we've also got our league, the Pod Pod Challenge, the open league which you guys, our beloved listeners, have been competing with throughout the year. And we are up to 28 coaches inside the top 100, including the flat one hunch exactly as well. Holmesy, do you want to just go through the top couple of performers there? It's some familiar names that we've been talking about for a few weeks here. 
Yeah, so we've got Jono who's moved into third, Dossian. Can you just issue a, a public apology to the listeners, please? Because he's come into he's come into the Pod Pod Twitter asking for some general advice, and you've decided <laughs> to leave him on scene for a whole week. What's that about? <laughs> Look, I didn't leave him on scene, but yes, to peel back the curtain, um, he sent a DM asking about um, should he jump off Angus Sheldrick a week early, which um, now that he's not named, it would have been a genius uh, buzz-like move, dare I say, last week. And um, I've jumped in the DMs and I've said, yeah, mate, yeah, that's a a good idea. Jump off him. Uh, He said, uh, yeah. Better late than never there, as they say. But um, he, he said that was last week's question. So, unfortunately, missed that one there, boys. Yeah, come on, Dossie. You've got to be better than that, mate. Uh, we also have Bindi's Blues still sitting fifth. And then we've got Tens Titans, who's eighth. And then all my homies in tenth. So, what's that? One, two, three, four coaches inside the top ten with another four sitting inside the top 20. So, unreal from the Pod Pod boys. And, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. I'm sure you guys are, are riding it very, very hard. Yep. Makes all the more worth it to keep going with the potty, keep firing on and keep bringing you the hot topics for the week. And we got to kick it off with Stewie G. Uh, but Holmesy, you've got something to say first. Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, the universe has just actually um, helped me out a little bit here. The teams for the Bulldogs-Sydney game has just come out and Tom Hickey's been omitted. So, a solo Tim English against Hayden McLean. So, fingers crossed I might get a ton out of him this week. All right. Well, any other hot topic from that game? Is there anything else we need to mention from the teams there, Holmesy? Nah, so it's pretty pretty straight up and down. You've got Corey Warner coming in as a rookie. Um, that might be a cheap downgrade option. But other than that, just uh, Baz Smith um, is out with illness, but that was already reported earlier on this week. So other than that, it's all pretty straight up and down. No Jank Lloyd recovery by any chance, Holmesy? Uh, nah, Harmy. Sorry, mate. <sighs> All right, well, let's talk about Stewie Jew first. Um, I think the main thing we want to talk about, look, lots of people want to know about my feelings. I have been, uh, you know, a harsh Jew critic. Obviously, I don't want to see anyone lose their job. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I did think overall that the Suns, he did get away with a quite a bit at the Suns over the years. It was a six-year journey and um, Dossie called his bluff day one. So, anyway, he's out now. And what are we going to see? Louis, from the Suns, do you think, on, on the run home? It's impossible to tell you, mate. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see a massive difference this week just because um, I think they've missed three training sessions already um, since the uh, last weekend's game just due to what's been going on off the field. Uh, so I think their first training session was actually today. So I reckon we'll see pretty much the same thing this week and then we'll start to see some differences perhaps next week and that's when we're really going to have to start paying attention because there could be some players that are perhaps off our radar that begin in a new role and they start scoring. I know a few people have already flagged Constable who I think sitting there with a, a pretty low break even that could potentially come in a little bit later in the season too. Uh, we know how talented that list is, so there, there's a lot of possibilities to happen here. So I think the best uh, course of action here is just to watch the footy and, and see who you like and um, back your eyes here. Holmesy, what do you think about that, mate? Yeah, you've, you've nailed it, Lou. What some, Well, not all the time, but what 
typically happens with these caretaker coaches is clearly they want to come in and, and show what they've got um, for the last, you know, few rounds of the season to, you know, potentially push for a, a senior coaching gig at some stage. And, and what tends to happen is they just put their best players in the midfield and we see a pretty tight midfield rotation. So for someone like a Took Miller coming back off that injury, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another week building and then for the run home, he's, he's just in there full time with, Raul and Anderson and, and maybe someone else. So maybe Took Miller's someone to keep a, a really close eye on um, moving forward, Lou. Yeah, he, he's going to be an interesting one because it felt like they were kind of trying to rush Took back a little bit to get the Suns into finals under Jew. Uh, obviously, he played last week, but um, I, I think obviously his best position's in the, in the centre bounce, but... Perhaps we do see, you know, a bit of a change there as well. So I'm not sure I'd be trading straight into a Took Miller this week. Yeah, you definitely can't do it this week. He's got a 128 break even and you want to see how that um, lines up. But, you know, if his price comes down a little bit and he he is back in the midfield this week full time, he's definitely someone that we can target as that sort of underpriced premium if some of these topped out premiums are showing that they've lost the role a little bit, say like a Christian Petrarca or or someone of that mould. Yeah, and his last four rounds are ridiculous. So, for him to come in discounted is actually a bit of a blessing for us. Um, hang on, I'll just get up his last four here. Uh, he's got the Saints this week, which should be a little bit of a sugar hit if he's got the role. But then he's got Adelaide, Sydney, Carlton and North Melbourne at Blundstone to finish. Mm, interesting stuff. Uh, Stephen King, of course, taking over Harmy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his uh, his works. Do you think this will be more like The Shining or a bit of misery <laughs> for the Suns? Oh, look, who can tell? Probably couldn't get much worse. Um, I mean, look, I'm, I guess I'm quite happy for you, Doss, because you'll get your Sunday nights back um, not having to send your weekly email to the Gold Coast Suns complaining about the coaching style from the weekend's <laughs> game. But... Um, Look, other than that, I don't think it's really going to mean a great deal. Perhaps Davis Swallow goes out of that midfield rotation and they focus a bit more on the future. Um, yeah, Took Miller coming back in potentially. But if you think about the top-end guys that we would be looking to, you know, see a bump from or, you know, look at um, them being more of a fantasy scorer throughout the next seven rounds, I don't think it's going to mean a great deal. Yeah. I suppose the one thing moving forward is that we've always hoped that these Gold Coast Suns, the talented players, would play a brand that's... Uh, supportive of fantasy scoring, but if if Hardwick goes up there, then bloody, there's the end of that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's you'd, a great you'd be buying stocks in a halfback flank, then, wouldn't you? Mm. Our season. All right, let's talk about some other things. Yeah, for the hot topics. <laughs> um, look, it's it's a week where, despite the fact that we've got plenty of options, some have gone out. We mentioned already, Baz Link is out. Your beloved Jake Lloyd's out. Sheldrick has that kind of bench loophole options gone. Josh Dunkley not coming back from the calf. Caleb Sarong, he's a popular option. His suspension got upheld, so he's now going to miss a week. And then we've also got news that another docker, Hayden Young's going to be out with an ankle injury. So along with you know a guy like if you had the unique option of a Matt Kennedy down back, for instance, there's a lot of players um, missing a week here, but is there anyone in particular out of that batch that you guys want to touch on from our hot topics? Because there's a couple of important names. I suppose Hayden Young's quite quite well-owned as well. Um, a Baz Link has just not really done it for us this year as well. But Caleb Sarong, even with the one-week suspension, um, Holmes, are we trading? Yeah, at this time of year, you are, Dossie, absolutely. You can't have a 940K player 
um, sitting on your bench at this time of the year with only seven rounds to go. Um, it's unfortunate because he's been a top eight mid for the whole year um, and he's been very, very good. Uh, but as they say, I think you've just got to use this time to, to go across to one of the other top end premiums that you've missed or someone that you want. And if you are one of those unlucky coaches that has a Lloyd or a Young or another premium that's out, maybe you do have to split the cash a little bit to try and fix both. Um, but you definitely just want to be trying to maximise points on field at this time of year. And talking about our final hot... Oh, sorry, Harmy, you were going to say something there. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, hopefully it means something positive for um, Andy Brayshaw. He's been a little bit uh, quiet since I traded him in through that buy period. So I know they're coming up against Collingwood, um, so it'll be a difficult matchup for them, but obviously they're a team that don't tag as well. So, yeah, I think hopefully a bit more um, tap to him rather than Sarong. It, Josh Dunkley is an interesting one too. I, I sort of thought that he would play this week. It didn't sound like it was your normal calf, maybe more of a bit of a cramp. But to to miss miss this week with the context of that game versus Melbourne, it just raises my eyebrows a little bit. And um, I was sort of on Twitter saying I'd be happy to jump straight into a Josh Dunkley despite the break even. But missing two weeks in a row with a calf, just makes me nervous, so um, that's one to watch there. Mm, and probably the final hot topic that I've got here, I know a lot of coaches have eyed it off for weeks. Um, some coaches even would have planned to have some money in the bank to jump straight on this guy. Look, James Sicily coming in, he was coming off some absolutely scintillating form right before copying that suspension and unfortunately taking out uh, Hugh Goat McCluggage for those uh, couple of weeks there. So he's been gone. He's averaging 119 in his last five and 140 in his last three. Um, his last game we saw him was against Brisbane for 130. Before that, it was a 165 against St. Kilda a couple of weeks prior. Hasn't played since round 13, but Harmy, James Sicily, one of the most traded in this week, 934K. What are your thoughts on on Sicily? And do you think, I mean, the other week when we did our our little draft of who's going to come firing home, he was one of my picks to just come scintillating home and uh, come home with that wet sail. So what do you think? Oh, I was going to have my shot. Dossie, I'll be with you. Yep. <laughs> uh, look, uh, with good reason. I mean, um, high ceiling player, currently very little ownership, um, and the Hawks have a good run through um, coming up. So there's a lot of um, things speaking towards his selection. He hasn't been out injured. He's been out suspended, so he should be fit enough. But I'll tell you um, what I have been looking at this week because um, I obviously have now, Holmes is confirmed for me, Jake Lloyd out. So I do need a defender, and I had had my eye on Sicily. Um, but then I sort of thought, well, there are others that I consider as well um, with low ownership in Liam Duggan and um, Caleb Daniel as well. So I don't think it's um, it's it's a you know, lay-down Mazir that you've got to um, take him, but he's definitely uh, going to be a target for a lot of people this week. I have someone, who's, someone this year who has you know, probably worried about a tag or attention a little bit more than probably I needed to. Is there any world this week where North Melbourne decide to sit someone on him? He played him earlier on in the year and he took 18 marks. So surely he has to be in their plans to to make accountable a little bit. And if they do put a little bit of attention into him, maybe the ceiling's not going to be there. But if they don't, 
um, there's going to be another 130 plus score on the card. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Harmy? Yeah, well, so what it would be a um, defensive forward, wouldn't it? So, geez, I'm not sort of very familiar with um, I think Kane Turner's them. sort of played that role. Liam oh, Shields it, potentially. What about Hugh Greenwood? Would Hugh Greenwood sit forward and sort of do a forward tagging job on it? Potentially, potentially. Um, I, I don't see it happening uh, yeah. because it's probably going to be uh, the last game that um, Ratton coaches for the year as well. So. I don't know if that has any weight to it, but I, I just see that 62 break even. And I think, geez, if I can't get on this bloke this week, then I'm going to struggle to get on him in the next couple of weeks unless he drops a stinker or, or I'm in full bloody luxury mode throwing away bench spots. So I think Sicily, if you can get him in this week with that break even, I'd rather err on the side of caution and hope he do, does sort of kick on with those 130 averages rather than hoping that he comes back down again because there's only seven weeks left now. All right, don't overthink it is the wise words there from Louie. And Holmesy, I think you should listen up, mate. You've been a bit stubborn this year, so. Mate, I can't get there. What are you talking about? I don't have the cash for Sicily. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into one of our favourite segments, the observations around table. And I know Louie's got some fire to spit, so take it away, mate. Oh, not really fire, but I think I say this every single year, but it's about this time of year where shitty sides start to experiment. They start throwing um, senior players around to see what they can do in other positions for next year, potentially. It's the same with rookies. They're going to give guys who potentially aren't ready for AFL a bit of a go, a bit of a taste. Uh, They're just going to try different things because... They've got nothing to compete for. They've got one eye on 2024 and they're just going to start experimenting and and get a bit of a head start on 2024, as I'm sure some of us probably have uh, in fantasy. So, (laughs) you just got to be aware of these guys. Um, It's pretty uh, unlucky for those that brought in Harry Sheasel last week, but it's probably a good example of it. Uh, He has played up forward a little bit, but that's been sort of in the second half of the year as North season's sort of gone down the toilet. So... I'd be keeping an eye on that. And I've just got um, Gold Coast as, you know, highlighted as one of those teams potentially in the last seven weeks that might be trying a couple of different things there. Um, But on top of that, I just wanted to back over what I said um, last week, or it might have been the week earlier, of just some players that I flagged in their form and whether or not you can find a point of difference jumping off them. So Tom Green, 69 on the end. That's a last five of 93 now. Will Day, 89 on the weekend, last five of 90. Uh, And just a little bit of spiciness here, but Christian Petrarca, he's been flagged to move up forward by his coach. Clearly, Melbourne are having some issues up front. Kicked four goals for his 105. I'm not saying he's a trade. I'd be keeping him for sure, Um, but I'd just be keeping an eye on it and what that scoring looks like and what his role actually is because... Potentially, that might be a guy who's got a bit of cash on his head that you might be able to jump to somebody a bit more unique. Look, that's um, something I would have liked to have known last week before I just traded him into my team, actually, uh, Lou. So I was a bit disappointed to see that. I went all in on Melbourne Mids. I brought in Petrarca and Viney last week. So didn't pay off in um, week one. We'll just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the winner uh, a little bit later for about 350k, I reckon. Hey, um, there was something I was going to mention. I heard something the other day um, about the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, They've got three academy prospects that they are wanting to bring in. 
Um, and the only way that they can be guaranteed of getting all three, if they are top 20 picks, is them finishing outside the top 10. You've seen that? So I don't know how much willingness there's going to be to win their games. <laughs> I haven't. A bit of Melbourne tanking. Though, I have heard those three players are, are phenomenal, especially that Jed Walter. All right, enough of that, lads. That's for 2024 chat. But um, I had just one final thing on the agenda, but I just thought, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago and I was like, can we, you know, talking about looking at patches of form coming up rather than looking at, um, you know, picking players in the totality of now to the end of the season. But I'm just thinking like, really kind of looking at it more of a draft perspective with that extra round and the fact that you've got a lot of kind of a lot of completed teams out there or, you know, a lot of, especially the people listening to this show, um, as we mentioned, 28 in the top 100, there's guys out there that are doing really well for themselves. Using those last kind of couple of spots that you're, you know, you're not 100% sold on a player in that position and maybe using those little spots for almost streamers, like we like we talk about in draft, like picking the team this week that's playing St. Kilda and just picking a looser player and just rotating them through each week just about. Like, Louis, is this something that's viable? Like, you know, you'll find – I'm, I'm trying to think of an example for this week. Like, you've got you got Gold Coast. Um, it's a bit harder to sort of identify. But, look, let's say someone like a Will Powell, you just bring in for the week – you get your 110, you rotate to the next. I think it's easier when you've got a really distinguishable player there, but that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. I think you're right, Doss. So a good example might be that um, pretend Tim English isn't playing Thursday or Friday night and it's Jordan Sweet instead and he's coming up against no one and he's 200K. You know, you got you got to play those matchups and figure out what's going to give you the best advantage. And I think... Look, we've been saying it all year. Coaches are better. There's so many resources out there, podcasts, content, Twitter. Uh, every coach is, for the most part, very, very good at what they do. So it's harder than ever to pick those points of difference. And now that we've got a longer season as well, it becomes even more difficult because not only are we already completing our teams faster, but now we've got an extra round to have to manoeuvre as well. So I think that draft aspect it's going to come into fantasy um, a lot more this year and certainly into the future, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised if those that do dabble in both formats um, do a little bit better towards this end of the year. Next, and then also using that forward slot for uh, key forwards versus West Coast on the way home for that Coleman race and just uh, some line off Carlton next week versus West Coast. They're going to enjoy... Uh, Piling on a few goals for that Coleman tally. Um, all right, let's get on to what we're going to talk about tonight, which is points of difference again. Um, the listeners out there have kindly given us a monster list of potential pods. We've talked about a few already, but there's stacks we haven't talked about, and I'm looking forward to getting into those. But just a reminder, as always, that this episode is brought to you by the Keeper League pod. They've been a great sponsor of us all year round, so we just want to obviously thank the Keeper League first and foremost. Hef over there doing some great stuff if you're listening to him as well. He's had some great guests across the year, but also to support their website. So if you do want some resources for the off-season, looking into your Keeper Leagues, some trades, 
They've got you covered as well as uh, centre bounce attendances throughout the season, kick in trends. For the run home, it could be that little bit of the edge that you need. And um, if you want to sign up, use the code PODPOD at sign up and you can get yourself 20% off courtesy of uh, your boys here at the Pod Pod. Use the code PODPOD at sign up. The link will be in your podcast description. Let's get on to it though. And. Um, Lou, do you want to – we'll do that at the end, I reckon. We'll talk about some potential rookies um, that we can talk about. I see this in our little show doc here. But we're going to talk about the requests coming from Twitter at PodPodAFL. We do just go on the Twitter still these days. It's nice and easy for us to monitor that. So, at PodPodAFL if you want to get your weekly requests. The first one, Dylan Moore. The Mighty Hawks, uh, could this be a team – uh, Louis that experiments and throws Dylan Moore in the guts for this run home. You mentioned that shitty teams are going to start experimenting. Could he be one? Yeah, look, potentially, mate. But they've got a plethora of young mids that I think deserve a bit more opportunity than a Dylan Moore. And just watching in the last couple of weeks pretty closely, he's very much a defensive player. He's got that leadership role this year. And I think um, he's very much playing up to that. His tackle numbers are up. His disposals are down. It's not kicking as many goals. And I think he's almost that player that's in the team, not just because um, he's a great player, but because he's got that cohesiveness to sort of link that young Hawthorne team together. So I think that while he might pop a few 90s and you know even a couple of tons i'm not sure he's going to be that guy that we trade into on the way home because he's just too prone to a 60. christian salem's next up harmy could he be an option for coaches look he he's um coming off a couple of nice scores in the high 90s he he had a hundred in round 13 bit of a lower score against the cats in round 15 but with Angus Brayshaw playing a little bit more midfield time and, and really becoming more of a predominant midfielder without Clayton Oliver around. Christian Salem's getting some pretty cheap pill down back. Yeah, you're right. He is. I noticed that. So let's see who they've got coming up. The Lions. Mm, bit of a hard one, isn't it? Crows. Tigers. Yeah, well, after this week, maybe not this week, but the one after where they go on a run of Crows, Tigers, North, Carlton, Hawks. Difficult one with the Swans to finish, but um, yeah, maybe not this week, Dosby, but it's probably not too bad an idea. I'm not a fan, personally. I think I, th- I just don't think the ceiling's good enough to be that pod. You know what I mean? Like, if, he, if you're going to go a pod, just go, go a pod. Like, go someone with a ceiling. Yeah, well, that's right. Dosby, I mentioned... Um, Duggan and Daniel, and, well, yeah. and even Sicily earlier, which I think are all better better picks if you can get there. Yeah, I know, I know it's way more expensive, but yeah, like I feel like Salem would just be a wasted pod at this point of the year. Um, we got James Jordan's been a, a relatively popular one, and I know Holmes is dying to talk about him. He's cheap as chips, and he's actually moved into that midfield. No, well, I didn't realise he was 350K until Louis just mentioned it there. So, yeah, far out. That's... That's uh, very, very cheap for what uh, James Jordan's shown that he can do in the role and he just hasn't had it for a, for a while now. But the Melbourne are talking about Christian Petrarca moving more as a, a bit more of a stay-at-home forward with Bailey Fritch being out um, and that was evident on the weekend. Uh, Petrarca had 50% CBAs but it was that more uh, 
you know, Dusty Martin, Jordan Degoe, CBA roll where you take the CBAs and then roll straight forward. So if that's going to eventuate and uh, he stays at home more forward, then you'd think the big winners are going to be James Jordan and Christian Petrarca. So, uh, sorry, and um, Angus Brayshaw. So uh, for someone that's very cheap, uh, it's someone to look at, I guess, Louis. Yeah, and look, the trend has been paying up for rookies. He's 350K, uh, and we've seen with a couple of blokes like, you know, Michael Johnson, for example. Uh, was it Michael Johnson? Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson. Johnson. Michael Johnson retired about five years ago. Uh, but he comes up against Brisbane this week with no Dunkley. Uh, he had the lion's share of the centre bounces, 17 last week, came in. Uh, he's been unfortunate to be sub a couple of times, which is why he's so discounted. But every time he goes back to the VFL, absolutely slays it. Got the 158 a couple of weeks ago, comes in, smashes out a 79. Uh, I think that potentially, uh, if he can get a couple of big scores to start, then he might be one little rookie that we can come home with that maybe gets our last upgrade on field. I love it. I, I really love it. And he, he's been a guy that's kind of like been on keeper league. Um, <laughs> coach's radar for a while and it just hasn't ever got the sort of inside role he's had to play on the outside um, when they've got their full strength team so I like it another Melbourne player there's a lot of Melbourne players requested um, from the listeners this week but Angus Brayshaw you mentioned him before um, Holmesy but I'll throw this one to Harmy any interest in in Gussie Brayshaw having another hot finish to the season as he's done before yeah, I like the um, the idea of him in the midfield. I thought was quite keen on him in the preseason, actually. And but ah, oh, look, he gets thrown around, doesn't he? What if he's on the wing next week? You'd be you'd hate to see it. So he's probably not somebody that I'd be targeting. But um, I, I saw he got the CBAs, and that's great. But he is he hit just just uh, like a low hundred, hundred and four, something like that. So it's not as if he came out and pumped at one thirty, and we all you know got attention for it, got our attention. All right, so the listeners, um, in terms of a point of difference, obviously there's there's two two ways you can go about this in, in terms of dumping your players. So they want to know, somebody here, Darcy Cameron versus Harry Himmelberg, who would you jump off at this point, Holmesy? Are you, do you have le- less confidence in DC or Himmelberg? Well, I think you just have to wait for selection tomorrow, Doss, before you make that call. From, from all reports, there is a little bit of doubt around Darcy Cameron. Uh, so um, you'd have to, to wait there. But I still think you're probably getting off Himmelberg first. I know Darcy Cameron hasn't been setting the world on fire, but uh, he's been a solid 85, 90 guy for the better part of a year and a half now. And we saw on the weekend with Himmelberg, uh, those bodies coming back into GWS, um, when there's a fair bit of ball to go around between those players, he doesn't really have the the ceiling. So I think you probably can can jump on jump off either to get up to a more bona fide premium, maybe look at ownership numbers and, and take a punt there to see which one's more highly owned to, to, to Louis's point of trying to differentiate from the comp on the run home. Now, you mentioned Tuke Miller before, Louis. I think we have touched on him briefly, but you're saying just wait and see what the new role is under, under the new coach under, and Stephen King and make sure it's not a horror book. Yes, pretty much. So I've got no doubts that Tuke Miller will probably be the leading CBA getter this week. But just with that 138 break even and a little bit of a question mark over his head with uh, Stephen King taking over as head coach of the Horror Story Sons, um, I think that, yeah, potentially just wait uh, and then on the way home, jump on him if he looks good because we know what Tuke Miller's capable of. Beautiful. Next player is the podcast favourite, Jack 
Bose. Now, let's look at his price. He's turned up. To no surprise to anyone, he's dropped a big old ton. He's only 416k this week, Harmy. Now, I'm not going to, I'm. you know, I need to keep my sources close to me, but I have received a screenshot from one of the members of the Pod Pod so far this week with a screenshot involving a Jack Bowes trade-in, Harmy. Yes, not surprising. Um, we've been talking him up all year. It's just all these sub-affected games, such as last week when he got a nine, <laughs> that have um, <laughs> that have uh, you know dented our confidence in his ability. So, look, job security questionable. Um, price tick. So I'm not. I don't know if I could really jump on him, uh, Dossie, but but I noticed a, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a full. You might remember me from round sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I scored nine. Um, but you know what? This time of year, if you're looking for a point of difference, you're trying to fly home with that wet sail. Um, I, I was just thinking about it the other day, actually, because I really want to bring in bows, but I, I can't really um, find a way to do it. But if you were a Sheezel owner for 750K, I reckon you could do a lot worse than dropping down to 400K for a Jack Bows and using that 350K elsewhere. No, I've got one for you, Louis. This is actually what I looked at well, Jack um, earlier. No, no. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Angus Sheldrick down to Bose makes a hundred grand. Pop it on top of uh, somebody else. That's not a bad little upgrade, and you just chuck the emergency on Bose as your D seven. So that's what I thought. I don't Love mind that. it, mate. You I don't know. mind it. And any way to get him into your mate. team? I got to say though, if you go. James Jordan for 50k cheaper. Um, you're, you're probably going to go there, but oh, geez, Holmesy, I'm off you're, you're all, yeah. <laughs> if you're Holmesy, um, <laughs> I'm going to reveal my source. It was you. You're keen on the bows. Just throwing the bait out there, mate. I thought I'd I'd see what uh what kind of nibbles I can get, and there you go, Dossie. You run with it, mate. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you got the nibs. Well done. All right, um, Mitch Hinge. In some hot form, I tell you what, he's a guy that, um, look, if he had a, I don't know, if he had a different name, he might be getting people's attention right now with his form. But, um, Holmesy, could you could you go there, given, you know, you're way down the ranks? Would you give uh, Mitch Hinge a crack? Not as far down the ranks as you, Dossie boy. Uh, no, not for me. Uh, I, to be honest, I haven't looked into him. I don't know what his price is. Um, I don't know what he's priced at, but uh, no, nah, he's not someone that I... I look at, but if you are a Adelaide Crows fan and you really like him and you want to take a punt, I'm not going to talk you out of it. But I think it, it goes back to that impy type player where they go on these runs, but they tend to resort back to the mean pretty quickly, which is not what we need at this time of year. So not keen on Minge? Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> 618,000 is uh, is old Mitchie, and um, he's gone 83 against the Pies, then 119 versus North, then 94 against the Dons. But he's just having much more responsibility um, distributing the ball for the Crows in the last few weeks and, and looking really good doing it. So, yeah, he's a nice little pod, but probably more of a draft play there. Um, especially given they have a few guys that take spread around the kick-ins as well. Um, George Hewitt, 
Jeez, maybe uh, old Stato's been uh, in the Twitter comments there trying to have a look at George Hewitt again, Louie. But look, with Matt Kennedy going down with injuries, George Hewitt, one that could benefit, and could he be a pod? Because we've seen him put up some big scores when he does play in the guts. Yeah, we have, but um, he's someone I'm surprised has actually even been the sub for Carlton, so there must be something internally that they're not rating from him. Uh, Kennedy, without Kennedy, I mean, Kennedy wasn't really playing midfield anyway. He was sort of being thrown yeah. about as well while Hewitt was sort of the sub and making up the numbers. So, no, I, I don't think you jump on George Hewitt. 487K is tempting, but when you see that 125 break even, I can't help but think maybe I can jump on him in three weeks' time if I can actually see the role and he'll be a whole lot cheaper. Yeah, look, and speaking of Stato as well, look, we've had a fair few listeners reach out. You know, where's the the mighty Foss? And and we have a little bit of an update. We reckon we can probably scrub him from uh, TBD on the injury report to, what do you reckon, medium medium term, lads? Uh, sure. The return Short is term. in sight for the great man. We'll, we'll put him as medium term. We'll do the Geelong style injury report. And uh, yeah, look, Stato, not too far away, the great man. Um, yeah, getting through some... Some off-field stuff. All right, Jack Viney, what do you reckon? One of you guys was looking at him, I think. Is he? Has he made an appearance for one of the squad here? Or Yeah, he's in Harmy's team. Do you want to t- tell us about Jack Viney? Oh, look, just with the Clayton Oliver news last week, I thought four good weeks. I was expecting a bit more of a sugar hit from, uh, from him last week. Um, but anyway, look, 93, it's solid enough on debut. Went up in price a bit, still got a low break even. Ownership of 1.8%. I'm still, I guess, happy enough as a sort of player I think I'm just going to take over the next few weeks as my trading options is that um, low ownership um, pod. Given that uh, it's my year on the pod pod, Dossie. I like it, Harmy. I think as they start to take a bit of speed off the game, some of these teams and look towards finals, that Jack Viney in the contest could just go absolutely nuts, especially with no Oliver and potentially no Petrarca as well for half of that time. Yeah, he's and he's done it before. Like you, you've seen him score like a one twenty, one thirty uh, in succession. Um, you know, in other runs in the past. So, yeah, fingers crossed. All right, well, speaking of going on a run to finish the year and speaking of, um, you know, slowing down the play, I think that's what this team is going to be doing on the run home to avoid any more 200-point blowouts. Liam Duggan, and to be fair, the guy that I brought in last week as well has is, is been requested. So, for those that don't know, I wasn't on the show, but uh, old Dossie brought in Alex Witherden last week for a big old ton. So once again, buzz, but I was because I was looking at this schedule. Listen to this run home for the coasters. If you are a backline player that loves a cheap plus six, listen to this. You got Optus Stadium, Marvel Stadium, Optus Stadium, Marvel Stadium, Optus Stadium, Marvel, and then Optus. Just for the oval factor, these guys are going to love chipping the ball back and forth. And there is some juicy matchups in there as well, starting this week against Richmond. Who wants to take it? Holmes, you look you look very keen to take this one. Uh, Liam Duggan and or Alex Witherden, any interest in these guys as just being that really unique pod that people probably aren't keen to touch given they're on West Coast? 
Yeah, Dossie. Uh, Liam Duggan I like more out of the two. I know Witherden is a lot cheaper, but I know Louis mentioned it two weeks ago, the, the Shannon Hearn retirement parade, and Liam Duggan's role is far less affected compared to Witherden's when Hearn comes back, when Yo comes back, or if Yo comes back. Um, and we've seen Duggan be able to do it in the in the midfield and in defence. So uh, I really like Liam Duggan as a point of difference play if you are looking to target that run um, on the way home. But yeah, with it in 700k, very cheap for what we know he can do in terms of uh, being that player that just sluts around in the back line. So not a bad move by you, Dossie, but he's put up a lot of 50s and 60s this year as well with Hearn in the side. So you've got to be expected to ride that as well um, if Hearn does come back. Yeah, um, Dossie, Pocu, no los dos. Both of them. Why not have both? Yep. <laughs> so I actually looked at that earlier in the week. I was like, oh, well, maybe you could just have a stab and put them both in the back line and see how it goes. But um, Witho was actually over 700 grand. He wasn't sort of bargain basement price. Uh, so, But I think they're both actually legitimate trading options. You know, yeah. since since you mentioned Shannon Hearn, I just have to roll over it again. Oh, he's going to be the Jeremy Cameron of 2023, isn't he? If he plays round 23 at Optus. If he plays. If he plays, yeah, then, play. um, hey, for those 28 uh, Pod Pod members in the top 100, I'd be uh, keeping my ears open and, and looking at that. Yeah, that would be And, ma- and maybe even six, that maybe. might dictate my round 23 trades. If, if I yeah, was in but that it's position. either that. Imagine if somebody does it. Imagine if our man, yeah, look, if we haven't answered his DM, we answer it, we say get Shandog Hearn and he does here. a hammy in the yeah, first but quarter. Dossie, <laughs> if you're ranked 30, you may as well have a crack, you know? It might just mean that you get to go to the grand final or something or even snag that eye luck. Who knows? Right. Uh, Jack Steele. Holmesy. Keen on Jack Steele. Have you seen enough now? 146 on the weekend. Is that enough for you? Absolutely. Uh, very, very good trading target this week. I know a lot of people are going to be looking for James Sicily, but a Jack Steele coming up against the Gold Coast Suns for 140k less uh, with the, pretty much the same break even is a uh, definite, definite way to go a little bit different for those targeting Sicily. Louis? Oh, no, I was just going to mention, because we were talking about it pre-show, do we th- think that there's actually quite a few options um, that could be Sicily alternatives that are sort of, you know, 100K cheaper. Well, I mean, Jack Steele has to be at the top of that list, right, with that oh, ceiling? I think that, so, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I'd, St Kilda are still right in the hunt for finals and with everything that Jack Steele's gone through over the last month with the ridicule from the media, um, he's certainly making me regret trading him out three weeks ago and um, he's, well, it's Jack Steele. He was the highest averaging player in the comp two years ago he's been a 110 plus for the last three years with a ceiling like no other so if you are looking to take a bit of a different uh, route um, I would look to target a Jack Steele over a Sicily this week knowing that they're probably going to both go up the same amount of cash this week with the same break even yeah and it's surprising yep. how much value is actually out there at the moment too sorry, sorry to cut you off there army no, you're right, mate. Yeah, well, I was just going to reel through a few that we've discussed tonight that are, would be about a hundred grand cheaper than Sicily. So yeah, well, there's Witho, LDU, uh, McCluggage, Duggan. All of those guys have arguably got a similar ceiling on their day. Um, I probably won't put Mills in that case at the moment because I don't think that um, 
Yeah, his ceiling's quite there at the minute. But um, oh, and Caleb Daniel even as well. Well, so Parish are a bit cheaper. Parish should be close Parrish. too. Yeah, yeah, he'd yeah, be about, like about nine twenty something like that. Okay. Yeah, what about a Louis? What about a Josh Kelly, mate? You keen to trade in a thirty? Yeah. Well, look. I wouldn't have been turned off by that 30 if the week previously he hadn't attended, uh, I think it was like zero CBAs. I might have had a handful, but um, he was very much on the wing a uh, fortnight ago and he was also on the wing last week and uh, still copped that tag. It's funny, I feel like Josh Kelly every single year finds a way to uh, become a relevant starting option and uh, yeah. <laughs> He's done it again. Yep, good on him. Um, somebody's requested Stephen Cornelio here, but um, we heard him last week in the points of difference section. Forty-four percent owned. Uh, he was harming. Yeah, Dossie, that but qualifies. that's it's a little bit misleading though, Dossie. Yeah. It was last week. I don't know what it is now. I haven't checked, but even though he was forty percent owned last week, it was only thirty percent owned in the top thousand. So I think a lot of that mm. might have been that's interesting. teams okay. potentially starting him, and then. Um, you know the go ship teams going out of it. So yes, he's yeah, probably massive. a lot more a lot more highly owned now because a lot of people went from Dunkley to Cogs. But last week he was definitely more unique than that forty percent ownership showed. Yeah, it, he talked me out of that one, Doss. Yeah, Thanks good context that. actually, yeah. Holmesy. <laughs> he was seriously unique, and I think uh, he was still unique just because of what I flagged a couple of weeks ago, where he was just trotting along at that one hundred average and. Um, there was probably not enough to draw some coaches to him. But now with that 146 or whatever it was on the weekend uh, with the forward status, you just got to jump on. Uh, just a quick aside um, on our points of difference discussion. We're, what, we're still seven weeks to go. Is there something to be said to, and I'm talking about our highly ranked coaches here more so, or, or even the, you know, kind of guys trying to fight back, but is there something to be said in the high, high ranked coaches going a little bit different with your point of difference captain this far out, or is this too kind of far out to test anything? Harmy, you think this is a little bit far out to be sort of playing with that? Yeah, I do. I would be... Um playing a bit more conservative for the next few weeks. I think it was in 2017, I chucked a flyer on a captain. I think uh, it might have been Tom Mitchell had sort of been killing it. And I was like, ah, oh, stuff it on. I'm either going to finish in the um, top two or um, outside the top 10. But I protected on um, Zach Merritt against Gold Coast and didn't work out. But at least I had a bit of a stab at it. But that's within the last three weeks of the season. I think we're still a bit far out for the captaincy choice and these pods. I think you're better off still trying to maintain your position at this point. I reckon, oh, Dossie. You're shaking ooh. your head. If you oh, are going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it is a podcast, Louis. You can talk, you know. But I reckon if you are going to do it, maybe have a stab at a, at, at a VC that has a ceiling. Where that might be a little bit different. Like this week, for example, we've got Tim Taranto coming up against the Eagles in the very last game. So that's a, a pretty safe captain option that you've got in the last game of the round. So maybe you've got your your options of your VCs, although we do have Tim English clearly coming up against a ruckless uh, Sydney on Thursday night that I think a lot of people will, will uh, take a throw at. But yeah, maybe have a crack at your VC to try and get an edge there. But I don't think you'd, you'd take a pod captain just for the sake of it at this point, Doss. I think it's a bit too early. All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, Louis, we need, we need your rebuttal. You were waving your arms around, shaking your head. You reckon go for it. I think you take a flight at it. So, we've got the VC for a reason. We've got rolling lockout. And look, if you can't figure something out with rolling lockout, then maybe potentially you can throw a bench spot too. Um, 
might throw out in the socials who has the most Sunday games um, in the next couple of weeks. But I just think, like I said before, I'll back over it again. There's so much content out there. There's so much good information. There's so many good coaches and it's harder than ever to differentiate yourself. So I think you take a massive flyer with the VC and if you're more unique, then look, often that's a good thing. Sometimes if there's a bit of a layup, Tim English this week versus a a ruckless Swans is probably one of those, but I think that's where you can actually find your point of difference. And um, I've just noticed that, especially with the VC, quite often uh, coaches will go earlier on in the week and um, I don't blame them. I'm sometimes one of them because I become seriously impatient, but uh, there's some players there where if you just hold your fire, you can actually find a better matchup and just falling back on the captaincy. We're into round 18 now. I think uh look if you want to go safe you can go safe that's fine i think we've got a few safe options like a jordan dawson a nick dacos they're both putting up 120s every single week and you can almost stick it on them and and feel comfortable with that tim taranto is another one um but i think more often people are taking those vcs so if you can go a flyer on the c uh and get it right which i think come this time of year is um I mean, it seems seems like uh, you always get it wrong, but come this time of year, you sort of have the right players to get that 115-plus ceiling. So I, I think you have a fly, especially if you're outside quick 100. Look. Quick look at the games this weekend, mate, and uh, predicting your captaincy. You've got a Jack Bowes VC on the Saturday into Alex Witherden captain on the Sunday. Just about, yep. Just about right there, uh, Harmy. So, might be a cheeky DP3 making his debut this week. So, he might have the uh, the old VC or C on him as well there. Darcy Parrish, my beloved, coming back in the squad. And speaking of which, he's one that is requested by the listeners here, Holmesy. We've only got a few left to talk about. Darcy Parrish, any interest in the contract year man firing home? Yeah, absolutely, Doss. Uh, we talk about uh, point of difference players for a bit of differentiation that have high ceilings and Darcy Parrish absolutely fits that mould. So if you like Darcy Parrish and potentially you don't have a Zach Merritt and you want to go a little bit different to try and attack that, uh, I'm not going to talk you out of it, although he is pretty highly priced. Well, Dossie, you talked to me out of Cogs last week and I can yeah. see that the number one team in the comp has got Darcy Parrish, so don't bother. Darcy Parrish, he's got him. Wow. Uh, LDU then, speaking of uh, my brand there, uh, are you any interest in him, Louis? Um, obviously, he's very cheap, but I've mentioned there's a lot of good options out there and plays for North. No, not particularly, mate. I think he showed his colours a little bit at the start of the year uh, when he was dropping his head a little bit. So, um, I'm just going to pass on LDU. Sam Walsh, Harmy? Um, we've seen him not really come back to form yet. So do you just still wait, hold off on that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think we've seen the ceiling coming out of that um, Carlton midfield, have we? So something either a little bit off or the game style has been um, slightly tweaked. I'm not really loving it other than your boy, um, Dossie. He's, he's getting it done, but everybody else has been quite defensive. And yeah, I just... Uh, I'm just not going there at the moment. It may turn in a couple of weeks and he scores 120 and that's the point we just sort of get interested and jump on, but not at the moment. Owners are holding, aren't they, Harmy? Uh, I think so. You'd be hoping, like, you'd be holding with some hope that he's yep. he's going to get over that 100. And, and what about Bailey Smith owners? Oh, 
trade, isn't it? Well, he's, he's missing even, this he, week. He, he's is he? Yeah, I saw that missing or dropped. Is it a soft drop? Oh, I'm is not. Is this like the? Has he, has he gone to the coach and told them that he wants a training block? I think well, so. You, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seen, buying this sickness thing. This, this did is you ridiculous. see immediately the trade um, news kind of came out as well? Moments after it was like, oh, Geelong are eyeing off um, bringing in Bailey Smith next year, <laughs> trying to eye was him off. Was it a legitimate well. report? Though? No, it wasn't legitimate. It was, the, it was reported that Geelong are keen on talking to Bailey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Did you know that there's I'm keen 17 on sleeping clubs with Margot keen, Robbie. On, keen on talking to Darcy Parrish's manager, apparently? Who was that? Every club in the comp apart oh, from- okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm keen to have a chat with him this week for my fantasy team, so. All right, I think that'll do, lads. One more. Tristan Sherry coming back into the squad. Is there a bit of a cheeky minutia we can do here? Maybe if you've just got a Briggs there, it's probably the only one that you could maybe have a bit of fun there because if you've got Marshall or English, you're probably not going to play around. They're just scoring way too much. But if you've got a Briggs or, or a different ruck sitting at R2, can you go a cherry downgrade? Because he did look pretty good on the weekend. He's been in some good form in the VFL coming back from injury. Could you bank a bit of cash and, and maybe, you know, go up to a Sicily down back from a day or something like that, just for an example? What do you reckon, Harmy? Like I said, the same thing um, last time this got brought up. You can't do it if you've got English and Marshall, especially mm-hmm. where English now has, is going up against Hayden McLean in the ruck. And Marshall's just come off a thumping score and has a good run coming up. So I wouldn't be doing it. Um, I don't know if you've got a low, like a different ruck possibly. But Look, Lou, thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Even if you don't, if, if you've not got a um, a Tim English and a Rowan Marshall and you, you're dealing with some other commodity, I think you're still jumping up to one of those two because potentially those two are putting 70 points a week on you. We've seen that they've been able to go 140 plus. Uh, multiple times so you know most of the comp own Marshall um, a large majority own English I would just be going there matching it and uh, and not messing around with that because as good as Tristan Cherry is I'm not sure he's got the ceiling to really like send you home yes well I do have Briggs at R2 so I was kind of asking mm. for me yeah, all right interesting I think that'll do it, it. For the podcast this week, boys, um, we farewell Holmesy. He's slid off the call again, um, as he does sometimes, but we appreciate his time as well. Thanks to you, Harmy, and thank you, Louie, as well. You've got some closing thoughts for us, Harmy. Yeah, thanks, mate. And look, just all the best with that um, application for the vacancy at the Gold Coast. So hopefully, um, yep. if you need a reference, just put my name down. No worries. Uh, my starting midfield would be Fiorini, Constable, and uh, Sam Flanders. We've probably got a spot for Matty Real in the in the squad well, somewhere as well. Is Real still in your side? No, I traded him oh, okay. out. I, I, he served me well, though, but I, I do feel bad having to maybe drop him to the twos in the new regime. Um, we'll see how we go. But, um, yes, looking forward to the Stephen King horror show to come, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>